Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a brain rewiring certified coach and human design expert. In this podcast, we talk about becoming the most kick-ass, unstoppable version of yourself, building a life of alignment and flow that you deserve, and taking a holistic approach to health and wellness. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at sandyyang.hd. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. It has been a wild week. Also a lot of fun because I have been doing energy healing on people and it's been very rewarding. Like I can't even tell you how cool it is doing a high 70 and it's truly the frequency of miracles. And I was actually just thinking about this the other day. The energy is called a high and it literally makes you high in the best way possible too. Like everybody receives the energy differently and people have different experiences. And so far I've only received amazing feedbacks. I have people who said they were struggling with anger issues and they literally wake up the next day feeling calm and happy and in flow. The experience is truly therapeutic and I'm actually really surprised how they've been turning out. I have people who literally tell me they just share with me things they have never shared with another human. And I'm so grateful that I'm able to facilitate deep healing and hold space for someone to open up about their deepest, darkest secrets. It's sort of like outing the shadow, which is a huge part of integrating the shadow. It's like once you let that shadow out of the light, which is usually something you feel deeply shameful about, once you tell that to another person, you let that out in the public, that is so healing. And people usually feel much lighter. They are essentially letting go of a huge block. Okay, so that's all great stuff. The only thing that I have had to adjust to is energy management. Facilitating a high takes a lot of energy. And I have always been reminded by the universe that if I want to hold more space for people's growth as a coach, as a healer, I have to take care of myself first. I need to take my rest and nourishment very, very seriously. I am finally truly realizing that I cannot do life the way I want to with six hours of sleep. I mean, I've always kind of known that, but I kind of pushed the boundaries. I might need like eight or nine and I'm just like, oh wow, like how do I even make that happen? I literally have to manage my energy better and let go of shit that are energy leaks. So I've come up with five things that are huge energy leaks that you may or may not be aware of. So 
you can know that you know is like leaking your energy, but not do something about it. And this is actually preventing you from manifesting shit you actually want. So much of successful manifestation is about making space for your manifestations. Like I always use this example: if you are manifesting a partnership, romantic partnership, let's say you're a girl who digs a boy, and you are looking for a boyfriend, you are not going to have space for this person if your schedule is. Always full of other commitments, of work commitments. Um, you're always going out with your girlfriends. I mean, go out with your girlfriends. But I'm just saying, if your schedule is always full, then how are you supposed to like meet this boy? You know, and if your apartment is super messy, there's clothes everywhere, dirty laundry, and you don't have any. Place for anybody else. Like if you were to date someone, and it's getting serious, he's spending some time over. He's gonna need like a little space to put some of his stuff. But you probably wouldn't invite him over because your place is messy and embarrassing. So it's almost like you have to be ready. To handle your manifestation anytime in preparation, for it to actually manifest in the three-dimensional world. Okay, let's look at some of the ways we can make more energetic space for all the good things to come in. So the first one I came up with, I mean, this applies to so many people, is actually a little concerning. Is your phone? I know a lot of people already practice this, but having notifications on your phone from your email, from Instagram, from WhatsApp, and all those messaging platforms is really draining. You're literally like always on standby to respond to somebody's needs, and nobody should have access to your time like that. Nobody deserves that. Okay, maybe like your partner or your mother. I don't know.、Um, it's fine to like reserve that for a few, but most people, like if you on a Friday night are chilling. And your workaholic coworker decides to ask you questions about a project you're working on. That is like very invasive. So now all of a sudden you are trying to continue watching the movie you're watching, but now your mind it can't stop thinking about the work you have to get to. So. You know, when you rest, just like fully rest, like rest intentionally, is so important. Otherwise, you're like, you know, your iPhone. I'm really bad at charging my phone. Like the battery percentage is never at like ninety percent or a hundred. It's always at like fifty, and then you use it for a little bit. It gets to twenty five, and then maybe you push it to ten, and then you. You know, charge it for a little longer. Now it's at like sixty percent. Like it's just never fully showing up. You never feel rested. So something to think about with your phone. 
I think is a really great practice to dedicate blocks of time where you reply to all your messages. And yeah, at first, maybe a few people that you talk to on the phone would be like, hey, I texted you. And why didn't you reply? Well, you train people how to treat you. So you kind of just have to like get over the slightly awkward few days and they will eventually get on board. And this will also train people to be more intentional when they reach out to you. Like if I was just going to like complain and whine, but I knew you only check your phone like once a day, I'm not going to like complain and whine to you. You know what I mean? The next is social media and emails. So like consuming content. I follow like not that many accounts on Instagram. And I do like to scroll. But like because of how few people I follow right now, I don't have that much to look at. And I don't spend time scrolling because like I've seen everything. I do my best to only follow accounts that I feel inspired by. Like I'm extremely selective. Following like 500 inspirational accounts can be very overwhelming. And even some accounts, like their feed content is great. But their stories are like reshares of people's story tags. And that can be like just like, okay, this does mean no good, you know, that doesn't help me with anything. It's just like, you know, the same thing over and over again. I also really struggle with online shopping, like there's always something to buy. Look, I am not in the US right now. And I love free people movement, but I'm not about to like, buy a bunch of stuff and get a ship internationally. Like I'm just not. But like following their account was very distracting. It's like, huh, should I just do it? And I would literally swipe up and or like go to their link in bio and like browse shit and add shit to my cart. And then like at checkout, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to buy those. And I probably did that like 10 times before I finally decided I was just going to unfollow. And if I really wanted to look, I would just go to their account. I don't need to be tempted by it every few days. So the same goes for anything. Like I was on TikTok for a little bit. I mean, I still have an account, but I just deleted the app because it was just too much. Like every time I go on there, it, it felt chaotic, to be honest. And it was leaking my energy. So with number one and number two, these all have to do with dopamine responses. People are fucking like addicted to their phones because it is always providing that dopamine hit and dopamine you know is dope it gives you that instant gratification of like oh you know somebody liked my photo oh somebody messaged me but you know what that instant gratification does to you it actually fucks you up it numbs you you know how when you're trying to eat clean take care of yourself and lose a bit of weight because you're, you know, like inflamed and blah, you probably let go of sugar and processed foods and, you know, like sugar coming from like candies and cakes and shit like that. 
no hate on candies and cake, but you know, they're not amazing for you. Everybody knows that. I think we can all agree on that. So now you haven't eaten, you know, processed sugar in two weeks. Now you eat a piece of fruit that you don't normally eat. You think it tastes like kind of bland. Now you eat a piece of fruit and it tastes like the best thing you've ever had. It tastes like candy. Now your taste for sugar has changed and you can appreciate, you know, the healthier sugar coming from nature, blah, blah, blah. Same thing goes for like harder things in life. How often do you go on social media for a little bit before you get started on something you've been wanting to do, but you know, it takes you out of your comfort zone. It feels a little scary and you're going to scroll for like five minutes to just like see what your friends are up to. Now, like 30 minutes gone and you're still on there. Now you're like, oh, okay, I should get off. But now you're tired and you're like, fuck. When you are so used to getting dopamine hits from like easy sources, say social media, it makes you have a harder time doing challenging things that actually will reward you. Because you're so addicted to dopamine right now, you don't want to do anything that doesn't feel good. Let's talk about second order thinking for a little bit. You see, like in life, actions don't just have a single consequence. Actions create a series of consequences. Let's walk through an example. So let's talk about, you know, a workout. We can all relate to that. When you haven't worked out in a while, you know, working out feels a little intimidating. Like you're going to get into your workout clothes. Maybe you just went on vacation for a few weeks and now you're anticipating that your workout clothes are going to feel a little tight and it's going to make you feel a little shitty, like, ugh, feel gross. So, okay, let's say you do put on your workout clothes and you head to the gym. You're probably going to feel a little weak. Maybe you cannot lift as heavy or do as many reps and you just kind of like want to give up. You want to just like go home, you know? So the first consequence of a workout is pain and discomfort. Oh, the second is that you get in better shape. Now we're getting better. The third might be that you become happier and you're proud of yourself and you love your body and so on and so on. So I love social media, but you know, it almost like trains your brain in the wrong way. It makes you a weak ass bitch, really. Like you just want to like, do the easy things. Like you want to like get more of that instant gratification instead of practice second order thinking. So it's kind of like the dieting sugar example. If we get used to practicing second order thinking, like, okay, yeah, maybe the first consequence of quitting sugar and getting into better shape is going to suck a little bit. I can't just like eat what I want when I want. But once you get past it, you'll start feeling great. You'll fit better in your clothes. You will look better in the mirror. You will feel better. 
you'll feel more vibrant and be proud of yourself. The third way to prevent energy leaks is to be organized. This one is not that sexy, but I actually had to make big changes around this because I had been spending so much time looking for my AirPods, my earrings, my watch, like, you know, just like the little things that I own. I don't know. I didn't like that version of myself. So I decided to stop. Like I literally was like, I'll decide Okay, let's get a workout in. And then I'll spend 15 minutes looking for my AirPods. That was not sustainable. And I just felt all over the place. Maybe you don't do that, but I certainly did. This can also apply to your closet, your files on your computer and phone. You know how people say, how you do one thing is how you do everything. That is so, so true because when my closet looks chaotic AF, I feel like my life is chaotic AF. I felt like I was always forgetting things and like my whole brain gets cluttered and I feel lethargic and unsuccessful. So definitely, definitely keep your shit organized. The fourth one is relationships. So I feel like everyone could get better with this, but here's my take on things. When we have relationships with people, whether that is friendship, family, or romantic, we want the person to do well. We want the best for them. We want them to avoid the mistakes that we have made. We want them to you know, just like be well and happy and live a blissful life. Especially when you have experienced something and you see them kind of like going down that path. You don't want that to happen to them with every cell in your being. But you can't decide for them. It is their life. You can only do so much. And it is actually very draining to both you and the other person when you are so energetically involved. For example, I was so attached to my little brother's career and academic success, especially because we went to the same high school, we went to the same college, we majored the same thing. He's pursuing a career I was in. So for a very long time, I was very attached to this. I wanted him to change his mind and see what I see, you know, because I'm like the big sister. I know better. I think he can do very well in a different major and in a different career. But like that wasn't really moving the needle forward. That really just created more tension between us. Finally, finally, I realized that this was draining the fuck out of me. And I decided, okay, I'm going to cut cords with this, as in this aspect of our relationship. I'm going to talk to him one last time and just drop it, you know? And whatever he chooses has nothing to do with me. I would provide him support if he asks. But otherwise, I'm dropping it for good. 
And I'll tell you, that was such a relief for myself. And because I was unattached, he was more open to listening to what I have to share with him and actually take all of that information to heart instead of resisting it. So if you find yourself very attached to somebody else's well-being and that attachment is doing more harm than good, to be honest, then maybe it's time that you cut that cord and see what happens. Also, sometimes we think we know what's best for someone, but we really don't. Number five has to do with time management. Especially if you're an entrepreneur, this is super important. Time blocking is going to save you a lot of time and energy. So what does that look like? So for me, I have coaching calls, I create course material, I record this podcast, I have like administrative work that I have to do. So I try to do all my coaching calls on Monday and Thursday. I try to create content on Tuesday and I try to record this podcast and do podcast related things on Wednesday. So when I'm in the zone, I am going to stay there. I'm going to keep the momentum going because you know what? Getting in and out of a task fucking drains you. So if that's something you could do with your work, I encourage you to see what you can shift. That's five tips on avoiding energy leaks. I hope this is helpful for you. I'm definitely working on those myself. If you have any other tips that you think people can benefit from, definitely let me know on Instagram. I am at sandyyang.hd. Send it to a friend who can benefit from this. And if you haven't already, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Really though, your ratings and reviews give me life. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you in next week's episode.